Welcome to The Zone Podcast. I'm Paula Benetton. And today, I'm talking to the Queen of Hummus, Karim Aswad, directly from Lebanon. But she didn't get this title in Lebanon. She actually got it in New York City after the New York Times elected her hummus the best in town. Another fun fact about Karim, before opening her restaurant and becoming the Queen of Hummus, she was actually known in the consulting world as the Excel Queen. As you can imagine, in this episode, we talk about change, the extremely rewarding aspects of change, its challenging side, how to manage the fears and anxieties of it, and very importantly, how to know when to change. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, get cozy and listen up. Hi, Karin. Welcome to The Zone Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, Paula. So happy to be here too. Thanks for having me. And Karin, I'm really, really excited to have the queen of homos <laughs> in the show. Like, <laughs> what, is, what is the story there? Probably the, my, my biggest achievement and the thing, the title that makes me happiest to this day. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, as you know, I opened the restaurants in uh, New York uh, for a while. We had started a family business. My sister and I in Lebanon opened a few restaurants in the Middle East uh, called Simsom. And at one point, I, uh, I was a consultant at the Boston Consulting Group. I was walking in the New York street and not finding a hummus that I would like and that really tasted like, you know, good homemade hummus. So um, we decided to open Simpsom in New York. So we went, raised funds, opened a, a few restaurants. And at some point, we had a critic from the New York Times that came and just said it was the best hummus and whatever. And I got dubbed Queen of Hummus by our customers. I personally cooked over 200 tons of hummus in my lifetime. <laughs> so quite a big amount. Wow. So yeah, so yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you try it someday. Oh, I can't wait. Like, I want to get on a plane and fly to Lebanon right now. Hello, Sala, as we say, welcome. And, and Karim, I love how you, like, that's a really beautiful example of, like, solving a problem with your own hands. You know, like, if there's no good homos, like, I will open a restaurant and, uh, and, and make it. Yeah, I mean... That's a small problem. I wish I had the courage to do it with, you know, bigger, more existential problems. But at least that was one I knew I could solve. So I did it. Yeah. Having good homos, I'm going to say it's a really important thing in a life. I so agree. Thanks. I agree. Thanks for bringing that to <laughs> us. <laughs> And Karin, before being queen of homos, you're actually known in the consulting world as the queen of Excel. Mm. Yeah. So you have less two sexy, titles. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Much less sexy, the queen of Excel. But I think the, the first thing it says is how competitive I can be. <laughs> Because if I'm always trying to be the queen of something, maybe I should uh, uh, try to do things differently and a bit more casually. But yes, I was the queen of Excel before plunging into the mushy and warm world of hummus. So I worked, as I said, at the Boston Consulting Group and before that in Paris, also at BCG actually, but also at Arthur D. Little. Came back to Lebanon, opened a consulting firm that is specialized in, in strategy. 
So yeah, a lot of my work is, you know, behind the cells and, you know, also trying to for, uh, to solve problems, but through uh, weird and convoluted formulas. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and when we were speaking before, you said something that I thought was so beautiful. And I think it's a great example of, you know, being the queen of many, many things, which is like, you can be many persons in one life. Yeah, and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you develop on this concept a little bit more? Because I, I find it like it sounds so beautiful and I think it's so true. I, You know, what's funny about it is that I never knew that you could be many things, that, that you can actually enjoy being many things and that it would not be detrimental to your career or to your professional development so you know we have a tendency to uh, at school to think that I'm going to decide on a major and it's going to define my whole life and I'm going to do that and that's it so there's a lot of stress a lot of uh, anxiety that comes from picking that major my major was graphic design <laughs> which I love and I worked in it I went to New York worked in, in design for a bit uh, hated the relationship with the client and went back did masters etc and Then, because I misunderstood what an internship was about, to, found myself doing consulting. So it was a total uh, mistake, if I might say, or just like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had no clue what I was doing. And I did those six rounds of interviews without even knowing. In hindsight, I'm like, but how, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I ended up doing consulting, loved it. Then I went to New York, uh, open restaurant, loved it. Then I came back. Now I work as a rainmaker, so restructuring consulting. And I'm also an executive assistant, uh, executive advisor, sorry, for uh, a, a few funds here in the MENA region. And I'm supporting startup and their growth. So if you had told me years ago that I could be all that and that it was totally fine and that I'll be enjoying it and learning so much from it, I would not have believed it. And, and I wish, you know, I, I definitely am going to make sure to uh, say it to my kids, you know, just mm. there's a lot of lives in you. You don't need to live one life. You don't need to be one person. You can embrace all those passions that you have in you. And as long as you do it with, you know, dedication, as long as it's in line with your values and it's something that you feel in your gut, mm. I mean, just do it and things will fall into place things I believe that life has a weird but marvelous way of making sense of things eventually yeah I love that and I was listening to a Brené Brown podcast recently mm -hmm. and she mentioned that our power comes from integrating all parts of us mm, I agree I agree and this resonates a lot and again my, my therapist uh, Uh, first told me to go look at the podcast of Brené Brown and I was like, seriously, how is she going to help? But actually, it's funny. <laughs> and she, she did, you know? <laughs> and the consultant in me was like, bah, you know, those, <laughs> those uh, vulnerability and things, like what is she talking about? But it's exactly that. Like, I think, you know, when, when we say that women can't have it all, Mm. I, I tend to agree. Like, I think you can have it all, but not necessarily at the same time. Mm. And it's finding a way to answer all those parts of you that are, that, that are important at the moment. So at the moment, I want to focus on my job. At the moment, I want to really give my creativity a go. I want to, you know, be a workaholic or I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And, and having the luxury of acknowledging the different parts in you and of 
treasuring them and, and giving them a voice and a space, depending on what is important for you at each step and phase of your life, I think this is true feminism. Understanding we can be whatever we want, we can do whatever we want, but we don't need to do it all at once. That's so beautiful. And I feel it's like, and if that's the decision, then, you know, it's breathe, enjoy the moment, enjoy the present, knowing that, you know, it will change and it can change. So enjoy being at home with the kids, knowing that you can be working full time afterwards and uh, doing many different things. And I think to that point, I think there's two things that you have to keep in mind to be able to do that mm -hmm. without being anxious and without feeling that you're missing out on something else. It's trusting yourself and your ability to bounce back and your ability to face any type of situation and find you know, new outlets mm -hmm. and new ways of developing and growing. And second of all, and it took me a lot of time to do it, is trust, trust life and mm -hmm. trust the fact that eventually things will go in a new direction and it's going to be totally fine. You know, I don't think we're comfortable with change. We don't like change. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of comfort in routine and something you know. So usually change comes with a level of excitement that, as you said, it mm -hmm. might also be anxiety. But if you trust yourself and your abilities and if you trust life, I think mm -hmm. it makes the journey more exciting than anxiety. And Karin, this is a really good point about like trusting yourselves and trusting life. And it's also a process to learn how to do that. So what mm. has helped you to trust yourself? It is a very, very tough process. And <laughs> I'm not sure I have the answer to that because I, in my own case, I didn't have a choice, right? Mm. So I come from a country where change is just, it's just embedded in what the country is, mm -hmm. you know? I'm from Lebanon, so we have, and since I was born, we had maybe three wars, uh, one uh, devastating explosion, one of the biggest financial crises uh, of the world. So change is there. You know, you just mm -hmm. have to learn and to be adaptable and to, to, to find solutions. And I come from a family that always empowers and uh, always tells you that you can do anything. And, and basically, when you're in the surrounding where everything changes and where you need to adapt, and at the end of the day, looking back, you're like, you know what? It looked really daunting. It looked really scary, but actually it worked out fine. Mm -hmm. And time after time, you just build this confidence because life taught you that you're stronger than you think, that, you know, things that might appear huge and big, if you break them down into smaller decisions, if you break them down into something that is more, that you can address in an easier way, it's actually fine, you know, so you, mm -hmm. I, I think it just happened. I, I think it's the fact that I had to do it and the fact that I was surrounded by people, be it my family or my friends, that felt, first of all, like a safety net. They gave me the impression that I could try and do and experiment because they would always catch me. And second of all, they always empowered me and, and, and made me feel that I could do it. And I didn't always do it, you know, I mean, New York, mm -hmm. for example, the restaurant did not and in the best of ways, but it was fine. I noticed that even after a few years, I was fine. I was better. I was stronger. I was happier. Mm. And so it demystifies. It demystifies all the anxiety that comes with trying, all the anxiety that comes with change. And you're like fine with it at one point. Mm. Nice. Wow. Like you being through a lot of changes and you experienced a lot of changes and <laughs> within your own country, but also 
changing from designer to consulting to homos to investing to <laughs> startups to and also countries like Lebanon, New York, uh, Paris. Yeah, France. Uh, yeah. Yeah, France. Like, so what have you learned about change and changing and what's, what's important about it and, you know, how to, what helps to deal with it or to go with it, go for it and when to go for it? Um, wow, so many questions in one question. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can choose the ones that you want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I can answer them. I think um, one point that's important, as I mentioned, so the prerequisite is the trust that we talked about. But what I've learned about change is, first of all, it's not for everybody. Change, mm. there's a lot of things that you lose to change. You know, the consistency, growing, let's say, in the same company for a while and seeing, you know, the uh, some logic in your career, this kind of coherence, all these things you lose when you change, you know. So when sometimes I'm envious of uh, some friends that were, you know, at Chanel for 12 years or in, uh, I don't know, in banking for 10 years. And I'm like, mm. maybe I should have done this. Or my friends that are, were at BCG that kind of had this linear growth that's as exciting to them, you know. So there are things that you lose to changing, to change. And you need to be comfortable with that. So change is not for everybody. The second thing I think change should never be done from a point of anger you know mm. so whenever you're angry or sad or and you decide to you know stop everything and go usually from experience <laughs> those are not the best the mm. best decisions so i think and it brings me to your question about the when so the when for me was always when i felt that i had something more to give or something more to learn okay mm. so i got to a point where i had learned what I needed, I had tested what I could test, I had, you know, grown as a person, and I was ready for something else. Okay, so whenever you're you're in this position of wanting more and wanting something different and knowing that you can uh, grow in a new way, I think this is, uh, this is a good time to change. Mm -hmm. For me, the biggest trigger was always boredom. Whenever I see, I see it looming from afar, I'm like, no, time mm -hmm. for something new. Wow. And what has been your most challenging change? It never gets easier. Huh? Every time you change, you're scared at the beginning and you're like, why the hell am I doing this again? <laughs> because comfort, comfort is nice. There's so much ease and comfort. I think the biggest change comes whenever I'm leaving people that I love. So, you know, for me, I studied in Lebanon and I had to leave to study somewhere else because at some point you are limited here. And you always ask yourself, is my personal growth more important than my emotional support system or support network? And with time, also something that I learned is that those relationships don't end. So even if you're leaving people, especially now, and especially if COVID taught us mm -hmm. one thing, is that those relationships are here whatever happens, regardless of how far you go or where you go, whatever. So I think this anxiety or this level of uh, fear that I had while leaving people I love also mm -hmm. diminished. But it's always been the people that make it harder mm -hmm. to move on or to move to mm -hmm. something else. I can so relate to that. <laughs> And so what's been most rewarding about it all for you? First of all, 
I think when you try a lot of things and when you build experience, you you get one big luxury, which is the luxury to say no, because you know what works, you know what people you want to work with, you know what type of culture you need. So the luxury to say no to things that deplete energy and don't make you better and don't make you even more, more efficient for the, the company that you're working with, this amazing luxury is something that I hold very, very dear. So that would definitely be the first thing that I learned. So I learned to say no and to protect myself and my own energy uh, and make sure that I'm growing. And the second thing I would say is uh, learning so many things had allowed me to become a better coach and mentor to some of the startups that I work with. And this is really nice. So whenever you're at a point when you tested a lot of things, you've been in their shoes, you can talk from the consultant's perspective, but also from the entrepreneur perspective. You can talk from someone who grew and grew up in, in manufacturing entities and at the same time has a very good financial background. Whenever you, you understand both sides of the equation, you become a good mediator and a good person who can help them navigate and very often a trusted partner. And this for me is invaluable. You know, whenever I sit at the table of someone and I'm like, I understand where you're at, but we need to also look at this and this. Mm -hmm. I think those kind of conversations just make my day, <laughs> really. Now I can feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Karin, thank you so much. I feel like it's been such an insightful conversation and, and what a beautiful journey of, you know, challenges and growth and changes. And uh, so thanks so much for sharing this. Thank you. Thank you. So for everyone who's listening right now, mm -hmm. feeling a little bit bored at home or, <laughs> you know, like a little bit stuck after two years of pandemic, What's a tip or what's a something you want to leave them with? So I hope not everybody's going to resign after listening to this podcast tomorrow. That's <laughs> not the point. But, and this, this especially goes for the woman listening to the podcast. I think if I want to leave them with something is just to be very open to one's need, understand uh, that they might change and it's totally fine. Mm. And understand that you can be many people in one life. You can have many interests in one life and just listen to what makes sense to you. Follow your gut mm. and enjoy, really enjoy. And whenever you stop enjoying, then sit, think again and redirect. Mm, I loved it. It's like... Uh... Enjoy who you are right now. Exactly, exactly. And if you're not enjoying, then what's missing? What are the needs that are not being met? And it's totally fine, mm. you know. I think it's really the guilt that we often have of, oh, I should have been this or I should do this. No, no. Mm. You know, just getting liberated from the guilt also is an important part of change, you know. You need to understand that it's totally fine to want to be something else, to want to do something else, to, to not want to be you know, career driven to not want to be this or that. So yeah, that's definitely mm. what I'm living by. I love that, Karin. Thank you so much. And where can people find you? So people can find me on LinkedIn, I'm Karin Aswad, and they can find me on Insta as Canoe in the City. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. You, I'm Paula. taking so much Paula. away from this conversation and uh, I'm still, still planning on getting that plane to Lebanon to have the best hummus. The biggest plate of hummus <laughs> will be awaiting. <laughs> Thanks, Karine. Have a really Bye nice day. You. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
I could continue this conversation with Karine forever. So many stories with so many gems of wisdom and learnings and insights. We can be many persons in one life. I love that so much. And it doesn't need to be all at once. We can give ourselves permissions to enjoy who we are being today, enjoy the present moment, trusting that we can change, even when this doesn't make sense for us anymore, when our needs change. So I hope you found something valuable for you. If you want to get in touch with Karim, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or Instagram. And if you want a guiding hand to understand yourself better, what's really important to you and how to change, you can connect with one of her coaches at www.thezone.co or with me on LinkedIn as Paula Benetton. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope to see you next time. And until then, stay in the zone.